Howdy and welcome to a hump day version of the Field of 68's Best Bets program. We are your hosts, Three Man Weave. We are, of course, sponsored by our lovely pals at Bet Rivers. Speaking of which, if you are betting on Bet Rivers, make sure you use their parlay boost, college basketball parlay boost. It goes through at least the end of the year. Got to be at least four legs. But hey, we like getting uh, a couple uh, extra payout bumps on those on those parlays. Fellas, we had a big night last night of hoops. Kai, what kind of takeaways did you have? Uh, Texas-Illinois game, first of all, guys. Actually, both my takeaways are Madison Square Garden games. Uh, Texas, what a collapse. Holy moly. Up five points with a minute to go. You allow a three. Okay, no big deal. But then you foul egregiously, Matthew. A guy <laughs> that's 50 feet from the basket, up, eight, uh, up two points with eight seconds to go. Illinois hits both free throws, kills them in overtime. Not good late game execution for the Longhorns there. And then Duke, impressed, Matt. I'm impressed by your Blue Devils. It was a good win. Iowa was cold for sure, but credit the Blue Devils. Uh, way to get one back in the win column. You're, you're, uh, you're not alma mater, Matt, but you're, you're fanboyness. Yeah, I think I just want to uh, underscore me and Jim's takes of me feeling good about Duke, Jim feeling good about Wisconsin, Childhood reiterating gut, the point. Right, it, it, just follow one team, follow one conference. I promise you can make money just off that one team, one conference. If you know that team's ups and flows better than anyone else, you'll know, I promise you, you'll know them better than any professional betting group out there. You can make money off one team, one conference. Think small, win big, Kai. Yeah, I mean, look, look, look at our, our profound intro for me. Our big Temple fans. Uh, they they are usually pretty dominant exactly. when that team's going to play well and when they're going to lay a stinker. Uh, that was one of my best or, or one of my takeaways, Matt. Temple as well. Clinched a share of the Big Five Championship for the first Woo! time since 2013. Mm. So shout out to the Owls. Well done there. Uh, and then I just got to admonish and give a little smack on the wrist to Slu, who got murdered by Iona. And guys, the A-10, it has to be a big underdog to get in that large bid right now. There are zero A-10 teams in the top 50 at Ken Palm. There are zero in the top 70 of Bart Torvik's no priors measurements. The, the whole conference has been terrible. We're going to talk about yeah. it more on our own podcast later today, but it is a bad, bad league. Really disappointing for, you know, we thought maybe they'd have a resurgent year. Not so much. All right, let's get into the outline. Let's start with the headliner tonight. UConn headed on the road to Florida. Two teams that played out in Portland but did not play against each other. They looked very different out there too, Kai. UConn was dominant. Mm-hmm. Florida was shaky. They've blown out two teams a little bit shorthanded back in Gainesville since then, but clearly it seems like two teams going in different directions. We got UConn laying four and a half on the road. Mm-hmm. Are you taking the home dog? Ordinarily, I would say betting against road favorites uh, against a competent, unranked home team is ill advised, but this UConn team is an exception. They're nuts. Uh, it is the best team I've seen live. I think they're right behind Houston for best team in the country right now. And really, you could say they might be the best team. They have no weaknesses. They're the best team against the spread right now. They're 8-0. They have so much size up front to combat Castleton, Jatobo. There's going to be foul trouble on Florida's end. Defensively, Matt, they're just long. They're athletic everywhere. Florida has had fits scoring this year. They did against West Virginia particularly. And they could again tonight against UConn. Ty, uh, Kyle Lofton's status is in the air. Even if he's in, I'm leaning towards UConn here, despite it being their first true road game. Yeah, I mean, Florida's got 
rotational issues, right? We, you know, Lofton may not play tonight. They've got, uh, there's been a lot made of like the Kawashi Reeves not playing as much. Turns out he wasn't injured. So there's been, there's a lot of what's going on with Florida right now. The transition defense against West Virginia was absolutely terrible. I know Golden's made some adjustments there. He's trying to uh, re-emphasize that at the expense of the offensive glass. It's not exactly the type of home dog you want to back, just given what's transpiring underneath the surface, Jim, on top of the fact that UConn's look nothing short of dominant. However, I do lean Florida. Um, that's just my old stupid against the grain contrarian self talking. And, and I think if it were to touch five, um, I'm going to have to bet Florida small. So sorry. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think traditionally I would lean Florida as well. I'm with Kai, like, oh man, a little bit maybe overvalued UConn team. Florida needs that big win. They don't have one yet. I think the chat pointed that out. They're, they're lacking that top of the line resume win, but UConn's just too good to me right now. I'm not going to fade. Uh, Florida, I'm not going to just take the road favorite here, but it's enough for me to sit it out. Florida has had a little bit of bad shooting luck, especially defensively. They don't give up many threes, but people are making all of them, or or at least they were for a while. It started to come down in their last two games against inferior competition. But on the other end, I don't think Florida can open up this UConn defense at all. If you can't spread them a little bit with shooting, good luck driving into Sonogo and Klingon and, and all the length that they have inside. That That's definitely concerning. Bye, Matt. We'll catch you later. I, uh, I told him he's to turn his TV off because I knew it was TV on. was on. Sorry, <laughs> we're good. Guys we're back. Professional. Uh, but let's let's pivot to the Big Ten because I don't think there are any uh, wagers coming from us in UConn at Florida, Michigan State at Penn State. Kai, you dug up some really good Tom Izzo quotes on this one. Yeah, they are on the road taking on the Nittany Lions, who are laying three and a half here. I think no Malik Hall still for Michigan State. Akins is back, but still getting in game shape. Are you back in the Spartans on the road? I'm not. It, it opened four. It still is around four, three and a half, which is nuts, ignoring injury trouble. And that's the main concern. Malik Hall being out for, for Michigan State has been a huge problem. They're one and four against the spread with him out. Uh, and that one win, Matt, was a squeaker against a decimated Oregon team in Portland. And Izzo, Jim, you mentioned the quotes. He literally said his team is dead right now. Yeah. They're dead tired. They are out of energy. Now, Izzo, is he tends to skew towards the pessimistic side of the scale. He's never really talking up his team a whole lot. Usually coach speak the negative way, but I'm not in a hurry to back this team if that's what he's saying. And now they're facing a really good Penn State team on the road. Matt, a Penn State team that's very well coached and a Penn State team that is weak inside but won't be bludgeoned by Michigan State uh, tonight. So I actually lean towards Penn State in this one, um, despite the number kind of not agreeing with what I would have it uh, preseason or non-injury specific. Yeah, I want to see how Penn State and I guess Iowa to a lesser extent, after what we saw last night, do kind of beat them up inside. Big Ten is a bloodbath of bigs. And I think Penn State and Iowa have obviously they're like really good. We're all believers to a certain degree of those teams. Um, but Big Ten is a different beast. And Michigan State historically would be a team I'd like to be backing in this spot, uh, a team that can punish Penn State up front, which has really been a big concern for them. But we talked about it. it's just not the same Michigan State team this year. They're shorthanded. Um, you know, decimated by injuries. A lot sets up for Penn State. I think the number is pretty high. Um, if it was three or two, I think I'd be more excited to jump in on Penn State. I just don't want to lay the hook or anything above that with the Nittanys. Yeah, Michigan State, like we, we say decimated by injuries. There's only one guy out. But yeah, that's true. Akins is a half players. percent or half yeah. speed right now, whatever we have. Yeah, you only have 10 scholarship players. One of them was supposed to redshirt. Like that is not a deep team at all. And it's not just any player that's out. You can make an argument Hall is their best player. The on-off numbers for him are insane. Mm-hmm. It's like a 25-point gap per hoop explorer when he plays versus when he doesn't. 
uh, they're bad when he plays, as Kai mentioned with the ATS splits. But it was even true when he was playing, they were a much better team when he was on the court. So I am not looking to back a team that their coach described as dead and is arguably missing their best player. (laughs) And Penn State is competent, well-coached, and Big Ten home court is pretty impressive. So Mm -hmm. you can talk yourself into a Penn State bet. I'm with Matt. I don't want to lay over three. Uh, but if it hits three, I would I would certainly consider it. Also, have a bit of an underlean. I think Michigan State needs to slow things down. Penn State will be a willing participant in that. Uh, it's just you just have to fear a little bit of efficiency in that in that front. All right, let's go out to Blacksburg, Matthew. Virginia Tech hosting Dayton. Uh, this number has come down. People are betting the Flyers despite the injuries that they have to Malachi Smith and Kobe Elvis. There's a little bit of a revenge angle to this one yep. with uh, Virginia Tech losing at Dayton last year. Are you doing anything with this number? It's a Virginia Tech minus seven per Bet Rivers right now. Um, no, I can certainly understand people wanting to fade Dayton just given the state of that team right now. But that's a big number for two teams that play really slow. And I, I still think you have to respect Dayton somewhat. I, I know they're not 100% right now, but um, I don't think Virginia Tech's the type of team, not like a super deep team. Um, that's going to like, I don't know, give Dayton a ton of problems. So I think matchup wise, there's no major edge either direction. I think the number's pretty accurate when you price in the injuries, which is kind of a guessing game, Kai. So uh, a big fat shrug and fence ride for me. Yeah, another game that beginning of the year, the spread's crazy, seven points, right? But Dayton's injuries have clearly affected the Malachi Smith, the obvious one, but Kobe, El- Kobe Elvis too uh, is on the shelf. That that's key for their backcourt depth. He is a four-year starter. Elvis Jim. on the shelf, Kai. Elvis on the shelf. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Unintentional, but very uh, very good pun. Um, Flyers have no good wins, but they did almost beat Wisconsin and BYU. I think they can stay within seven. I'm just not really willing to fade Virginia Tech. They've been impressive. They also seem to get up big every single game, and then collapse in almost every single game. So I wouldn't be surprised if I see a Dayton backdoor here. I do think they'll struggle to score though. They'll struggle to defend the arc. Um, so, Jim, I actually lean towards Vatek uh, on the matchup, but the line's too high. Um, probably lean towards Dayton on a, on a pure number perspective. Yeah, when this when this number was going down, I was hoping it would get to six. I, I would have stepped in on the Hokies at six. I think the revenge angle matters a little bit for some of the guys that were around last year. Padula, uh, Justin Mutz, Hunter Couture. I think they're going to be a little salty about that game. They felt like maybe they gave away at Dayton. And I think Dayton stinks right now. Like I'm not riding with the, Oh, they, you know, they, that best effort they had was against Wisconsin and they ended up not winning. And all of their efforts as a big favorite have been terrible. Even though Lindenwood won, they kind of extended it late. I'm not very impressed with them. I would back Virginia tech. If it hit six again, I I just, like Kai said, I think they'll struggle to defend the arc. And if you just, if you can't defend the three point line against Virginia tech, you can get buried because those guys can shoot the lights out. Um, so hoping it gets down at six, but not backing it where it's at. Jim, first half. I like Matty Akers' take. Kyle, you mentioned this too. Virginia Ooh, Tech blowing leads so much. Yep. So yeah, I think first Actually, half. Yeah, they good. get up big every game, then they kind of collapse. It's weird. Um, they're well coached, so it's not really intuitive. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and they like should make free throws, and not turn it over. It's weird. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of athleticism, so if they get pressed, I think they struggle yeah. a little bit. All right, let's go to Pitt at Vanderbilt. Matt, you've kind of been the Pitt whisperer lately, backing them in the right spots, getting some money line winners uh, with with Road Dog Panthers. Now they're taking on a Vandy team that is starting to feature my boy Liam Robbins even more now. Yeah. I've got some stats on him when it when it comes back around the horn to me. But are you going with Road Dog Panthers outright again here? Uh, one and four missed it. 
Still waiting for it. Might take three. If it sits at three, I might just take money line. I see Ryan and in the chat suggesting money line is a potential play. I think that's I, I think that's the right play. I do. I I know John Heatley's been kind of a shell of himself. You look at his stat line the last two games, he's basically been a non-factor. But again, I think just his presence up front um is useful in this matchup against Liam Robbins, who as Jim will probably talk about, it is kind of the key dominant force now for this Vandy team. Um, who's trying to re-identify themselves. Pit Kai kind of re-identifying themselves behind Jamarius Burton. You know, like Cummings, really dominant in ball screen. They're getting, the, like, their guards are kind of driving the bus for this squad. And I kind of like the new rebranded version of this Pit team. It's been awesome the last two games. Yeah, they've been Road Warriors. Uh, winning outright as a dog against Northwestern NC State. Pretty impressive. Uh, and Vandy's beatable, right? They're not incompetent, but they're beatable. These two teams, I think, are pretty comparable in ability. Um, I sort of agree with this spread right now. The key for Vanderbilt is Jordan Wright. He's been dealing with back spasms. We don't know if he's in or out of the lineup tonight. If he's out, I definitely lean towards Pitt here. If he's in, I think it's more of a toss-up. Can see Vanderbilt win this game, winning this game. So I need to know his status, Jim, before I hop in. Yeah, I think that's that's super important. And then, uh, like I said, Robbins has been a monster for them. He's been Ken Palm game MVP two of the last three. And they're on-off numbers with him on... They're plus 19 per 100 when he plays. They're negative five per 100 when he sits. So uh, riddle me this why he was sitting a bunch early in the season. Yeah. Mr. Stackhouse, I, I get your best big man on the floor. Let him dominate a little bit. Uh, almost got backed into it when Quentin Melora Brown had like the illness issues. And it, it's like, oh, wow, look at Robbins go. Matt, the surprising thing is that gulf between on off is all offensive for them. The defense is like that is weird. whether Robbins plays or not, but. They have like an actual interior score they can play through. He gives a little bit of pick and pop, uh, and he's a good roller to to play with their guards. So yeah, between making sure he's starting because who knows what Stackhouse does, and then checking if Wright's in the lineup. This is another kind of have to wait and see at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go chat mob. Matthew, you are my my czar, my chat shepherd, taking care of our our flock in there. What do you got for us? Well, Steve Nash, once again, kind enough to join us on today's program, Kai, asking about the Cocaine Brown Bears. Um, yes. They are playing Rhodey in a pseudo rivalry game. It's a big rivalry game. I don't know how, like, it's not massive. Not but, according but to it, Rhode Island. Okay. Ooh, like Big Brother doesn't view it as, okay, whatever. Yeah. I don't have a take on this game. Uh, injuries on both sides. Thoughts? Yeah, I have uh, I've, a guy I talked to who's a big Rhode Island guy. He says they do not consider this a rivalry, despite okay. being in state. They do play each other basically every year. Um, I lean towards Brown. Uh, I was kind of debating whether to take them at seven, got that down pretty quickly. So no play right now, but I lean towards Brown. You have to know if Owusu Anane, I'm sure I screwed up that pronunciation, is in for Brown, though. If he's out, it's probably Rhode Island's game. If he's in, I think they can hang around. I just yep, I hate I think Rhode Island too. points. Ugh, that team is yeah. Gross. yeah, gross. I'm with you on that one, Jim. Um, Ryan N. asking about New Mexico State, Santa Clara. I cannot stay farther away from a game this year. There's not one game I'm looking to just be like, pass on the slate jim do you, yeah. do you have more details on the context i mean we, yeah, everyone knows off, i think at this point the off-court stuff with new mexico state if you want to read about it you, you can get into the details there there's been a ton of reports it's really bad they have like one, one of the guys that was involved is not traveling obviously mike peak is not with the team he suffered a gunshot wound and uh has a had a self-defense killing it, it, it's really weird with like the coach hiding the gun stuff i yeah like matt said no, thank you. My number in a total vacuum with nothing off the court would have said bet the Aggies, but I'm not going to do it here. No, thank you. The line's really high. That's all I'll add. Kai, I think you agree with that. Don't you? Um, yeah, I took New Mexico State. I love it. Kai doesn't care. It's all it's nonsense. A, it's all a BS weird thing. program. I, 
I don't even know if it affects them. The last it could be like a circle the wagons kind of thing. Like everybody's coming at us. Let's go out and just play basketball. I I love our king. I love Jordan Machesky tweeting during the last exhibition game. They're just like the the handle, like the stuff's coming out, reports flying, and they're just like, "Wow, we're dominating this D three team." Xavier Pinson steal dunk fifty five, baby. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, J Elderman, uh, uh, I don't J Elderman. It's not. I think it's okay. Anyway, isn't it? it? It's a Letterman. Oh, I can't read. Yeah, Letterman. Mr. Letterman. David Letterman, another uh, one of our many celebrities who watches this show. Arizona State minus five on the road. I disagree. Pony Express, Jim. Let's dust off the cobwebs of our old uh, Big Mo Pony Express. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I said to myself, I will not take less than six. I was able to get six. So five is really dicey for me. But man, it is a, a kind of a fat and happy Bobby Hurley team feeling itself a little bit after uh, some solid efforts in conference. I could see a letdown effort against a team that's been kind of bad, our ponies. Hi, a threefer from Joey Stefan. Getting a little bit greedy here, asking three questions in one message, but we'll oblige. Indiana State, Southern Illinois, Evansville, Campbell, Ball State, Eastern Illinois. Three uh, ugly State's games. On the rundown, so Indiana State's on the rundown. Two. We'll get to that one. Other Ball two. State is in best bets, so Nick's that one. Hi, Evansville, Campbell, gross is my only add to that one. Uh, gross, and you can't bet Campbell unless you know Jesus Carolero's status. And you probably don't, so I'd stay away. Yeah, Evans. If you got do, you're on the staff. issues too. Like it, it's both these teams yeah. are. You're kind of guessing, and I guess maybe if they're both shorthanded, they're equals again. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I lean. I guess I lean Campbell. Uh, both teams transfer from Evansville. They're more of a mess. So lean Campbell. Campbell's pretty good. Jim, the Paris best bet: Navy, West Virginia over. I know you're an Undertaker. Thoughts on endorsing this one? No real saw or uh, total take here. I did lean the sea troops, Matt, the ocean troops, the water troops. I think they're going to be competitive as an underdog this year. They're just very well disciplined, but Huggy Bear is definitely getting after his team. Uh, it's not quite to the levels of Frank Martin Kai, where he's like publicly just lashing them, just <laughs> playing kind of well. Hilarious. But um, I, I, I kind of trust the middies to hang around a little bit here under Eddie DeChelis. Hi, Will Jones, our uh, old. High school basketball teammate. Uh, didn't know he's a fan of the show either. That's but uh, prop really <laughs> a deep, joke. deep cut different. joke that only me and Kyle get. Anyway, uh, Providence first half. He's asking about uh, against who are they playing? Manhattan. I'm fading Providence today. I want to fade Providence. Manhattan's been solid. Why are we all fading Manhattan? They're fine. Yeah, I think the spread's nuts. Full game, nineteen and a half. That's crazy to me. Um, so I'm I'm leaning towards Manhattan. Probably going to add it, but it keeps going up. I don't know if it's 20 yeah, it's, I'm it, definitely in for the Jazz not on the outline. So I don't have the coolie stats in front of me, but he's really bad as a big favorite. They yeah. Just don't like play points Providence, a big favorite. Thank you, Jim. I was going to add Notre Dame to that pool this year of teams as teams that lay double digit points. Like, no, thank you. Um, Purdue is on the outline. Correct. Or is it not a lot of questions about Purdue? I thought it was on the, it's not on the outline. Well, Purdue's playing Hofstra. Jim, I'll go to you for this one. Um, Hofstra's had a week off, but we think there's some injury risks for the pride. Um, Mr. Dubar did not play or didn't play much last game. Yeah, the market seems to think so, too. Park, uh, Purdue's been hammered uh, up to 22, despite Mason Gillis being out. I think it is a lot to do with Darwin Stone Dubar. Key, key piece for Hofstra. Only three minutes last game. That kind of negates some of their pick and pot, pick and roll, continuous type of stuff, action that they do with Estrada handling the ball. They can move Edie around, but they also will not stop Edie. Edie can score 40 in this game right. if he wants to. This is an, a Zach Edie 30 and 20 game again. So uh, maybe they make enough shots to keep stands on the number, but I'm not looking to bet the pride. Uh, Kai, Matty B 
asking about Robert Morris for Central Michigan. Major, major roster question marks on the Central Michigan side of the coin. If I knew with certainty that Boopy Miller and others were out, I'd be looking to back back Bobby Moe. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a Bobby Moe guy. Uh, I took him at a better number right now. If Boopy Miller's out for Central Michigan, it's a home run play, in my opinion, uh, for Robert Morris, who has looked very good last couple of games uh, now with everyone back in the lineup. Yeah, impressive team so far. Uh, Jim, Matty B also asked about Ewash versus Cal. Auto-fade Cal, why not, I guess? Sure, yes? Yeah, I'm not going to stop you. I took it at four and a half. I'd probably be okay with it down to three. Yeah. Yeah, Cal's bad. Um, Powder Platt, Sienna plus six, Kai, uh, in the same... Skip, 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 skip. Nicks, uh, I like spoiling best bets, but I won't do it today. Holster it. Um, yeah, holster it. Cornell plus 15 was his other question. I kind of agreed with this. I know it's sort of a tough spot for um, for the Big Red playing Miami, but they've been pretty impressive. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jim, Kai, over. thoughts? Over. I yep. like a lot of points. ton of points here. I think yep. both teams like want to – Miami's been dying to play somebody that will play fast with them, and finally they have like the most willing dance partner. I think there's going to be up yeah. and up and down here. <laughs> Um, hey Reyes, am I an absolute joke for taking Hampton plus two? Ray, I gave it a good hard look, and I said, <laughs> "I've had enough of the Pirates' life. <laughs> I've had enough of it. I'm over it." So, no, I did not take it. I think you have the right side, but I wish you luck because you will need it with that team. Um, let's get a couple more here. Harry R on the fly, no pun intended. Joke back to Michael Fly, the former coach of Florida Gulf Coast, who FAU is playing today. Um, I finally got there, Jim. Two awesome teams. Like this is an awesome game. Walk, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you for joining me with it. Uh, But this is a great game. I just I want to watch. I think the number is a little bit high. Florida Atlantic's awesome. Florida Gulf Coast is slightly less awesome, but still awesome. Thoughts? It's been it's been bet down big time. People are buying in on Dunk City here. Uh, Florida Atlantic might get Elijah Martin back. He's game time decision. They got Nelly Davis back last time. They have just been a blunt. Force. They don't need them. They're already they're awesome as is. Yeah. Team. They're awesome. Uh, I lean towards Florida Atlantic. I, I think that's like a current form. Just ride the wave, even though Gulf Coast is really solid too. Uh, Patty Taylor, our king, Fresno, Northridge. You can better believe that'll be in the best bet section, courtesy of yours truly. Um, you can probably extrapolate who I'll be on there. Uh, two more. Alaji Max to Paul versus St. John's Big East tilt. That's on the outline in the metric panda of the last month. The buzzer Kai VCU versus Jacksonville thoughts, ugly game injuries on both sides. Line's too low. <clears throat> I, I wanted to back Jacksonville. It's too low. Can't All right. Yeah, that's my, mine almost pointed to VCU and I was like, no, yep, it's not going to do it. I yeah, pass on VCU. The VCU good. temple game was, was troubling. I really thought VCU would, would win that, but maybe temple's just starting to trend up right now. Um, yeah. Back to outline. I'll try and round up some more. There's, I know I missed a bunch. Sorry, mobsters. All right. Uh, this was part of, I believe, is Joey's threesome of questions. Indiana State at Southern Illinois, huge battle in the Missouri Valley, uh, potentially two top three teams here. They're going to be competing with Drake all season, I think. Kyle, we got Southern Illinois laying four at home here. Mm-hmm. Big time clash in styles. Indiana State wants to get up and down, wants to run. Salukis want to make it a half court game, bog it down. What do you think wins out here? Yeah, Indiana State dealing with some injuries. It doesn't matter. Whenever you see injuries to this team, doesn't matter. They're so deep and they can make up for it. So no worries there. But the Valley, Matt, I'm really looking at this angle. Their home courts, they're really strong. Among the strongest strong. edges in the country year in, year out. Seems a bit weird because of the geography, but they're just tough places to play. I think the spread's pretty spot on. SIU has a top 50 defense right now. They're very good on that end. Now it's going to be tough to shut down Indiana State's offense. Uh, transition has not been great for Southern Illinois this year, but... They haven't played a whole lot of teams that have ran yet. So 
Jury's still out on that one. I'm not sure Indiana State's defense can stop Domask or Lance Jones. It's kind of a toss-up for me, Matt, here. Uh, yeah, numbers right on. Really wanted to back Indiana State, but uh, Southern Illinois is a team I've been against a couple times, been losers. I've watched them. I think I watched their UNLV game at that weird gym in Southern California. They defend really, really well. The question is offense with them. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I think I just really wanted to respect, as Kai mentioned, the home court of SIUC and the defense I've witnessed the Carbondales play so far. So I did not take ISU blue, despite my strong temptations to do so. Yeah, I'm tempted to do so too. I, I think Southern Illinois, as strong as they are on defense, is due a little bit of regression on that end. For no sure. one's making free throws. No one's making threes. That's kind of propping up the numbers a little bit. I think that defense is more top 75 than it is top 50. So maybe it starts to hit them a little bit this game. Indiana State can really shoot. But the one guy that is probably out, Cooper Neese, is like arguably their best shooter. So maybe this isn't the game where their aggression comes. I'm with these guys. It, it's priced pretty correctly. I'm going to stay away from that one. Right, let's go out east, the Big East. St. John's hosting DePaul, Chicago's Big East team, playing possessed right. out in the Big Apple. Matthew. DePaul facing their old teammate, David Jones, here. I'm sure he's going to be pretty motivated to go off. I know you love that angle. I also have questions about how DePaul stops St. John's at the rim without an A, without Ungenda. This could be a little bit of a, a layup line parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, market agrees, but from eight to nine, um, I think that number is pretty accurate, to be honest. I, better spot for St. John's, maybe, off the Iowa State loss. And DePaul off two straight OT wins. And I just don't trust this DePaul team without their front court intact. So I'm leaning Johnny's pretty heavily. Um, but kind of number feels a little bit high for a conference game. Yeah, it does feel high. Yeah, I kind of forgot it's conference, the Big East. Uh, I know. DePaul you reorient yourself. Uh, St. John's continues to be a tough team to bet or fade because they can blow out anybody and they can lose to anybody. So it's kind of a you're taking a big risk with your money when you bet them, even more so than the normal risk. Johnny's injuries, uh, Wusu, actually, these both just came through the wire here. Wusu and Stanley, they both missed last game. They are probable in game-time decisions tonight, so not a whole lot of help there. But who knows if they actually matter against DePaul? Because as Jim said, David Jones and Joel Soriano are going to kill DePaul at the rim on the glass. Johnny's are top 30 in offensive rebounding rate. DePaul's bottom 40 in the country. It's going to happen. Gibson's been really good for DePaul in the ball this year, but... I don't totally trust the rest of the DePaul team handling the ball against their pressure. So no play for me. I'm staying away. Yeah. And Gibson, like, I still think he's a little more of a shooting guard than he is like true point handle <laughs> pressure against Posh Alexander and Andre Corbello. And yeah, like I'll reiterate it. St. John's can't shoot at all, but DePaul doesn't force teams to shoot. They kind of more run you off the line and they don't have shot blockers on the back end anymore. That could be a lot of trouble getting to the paint. Uh, I'll credit Jordan Majeski here though. He's like, St. John's is also pretty careless and takes their foot off the gas. So this could be backdoor final minute. DePaul makes a couple threes and they lose by six instead of the 12. They're down by the whole game. So I'm going to sit it out that tough to trust that one there. Let's go big 10. We'll stay conference battles here. Matthew, your Hoosiers hosting Nebraska big time injury questions here with your boy, Jalen hood, Shafino, whether he's in or out also dealing with a back issue. Woodson has said he's day to day. And your Huskers have also looked really good lately with that road win at Creighton. Do they continue their road dominance here at Bloomington? I like Nebraska. It's a low number, but it's not when you look at it from a conference game angle, and it's not when you consider how good Nebraska's played. Um, Derek Walker's worth like 20 points, apparently. And I guess Actually, it makes sense when you... 
On off numbers, he's worth 30. I looked that up. <laughs> like legit 30? Well, there you go. Yeah, so 30, 30 points. points. So Nebraska should be favored by 13, and thus you have a great price <laughs> catching 13 points. Boom. Yeah. Done. Bangs gavel. Uh, I do like Nebraska here. I think, you know, Hoiberg has really, in his hot seat, you know, put up or shut up season, really batting down the hatch on defense. And I think Walker is like the linchpin of that. And so they actually have a prayer on that end of the floor. And they have some vets on the offense. Venkai can make shots. I mean, Mr. Greasel can 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 make stuff happen. I still like Mr. Bando on the wing there. Um, they have enough for me to uh, to score um, against a vaunted IU defense. I bet they sneak inside a number. I'm not going to bet it, but I think they do sneak inside a number today. Yeah, they've looked a lot better, and, and that's a lot because of Hoiberg changing his style. The past three years at Nebraska, he's been top 20 in offensive possession length, and this year he's 239th. It's the most efficient offense they've had under him. Seems to be helping their defense as well. They're not tired on every single possession after sprinting the length of the floor. Big 10 home court, though, man. We've talked about it a lot. It's scary. And, and I like the double-digit conference dog angle. I sort of t- trust Nebraska, not really, but that home court is tough. Derek Walker has been awesome, like Jim said, for Nebraska. But, man, TJD in, in IU's front court, that's a tough matchup. Really, really tough matchup for him. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I guess he did just play Kalkbrenner, which is a pretty good matchup, too. But IU's uh, front court is for real. Their defense is so good inside. I have trouble seeing how Nebraska scores efficiently, Jim. Yeah, they they do they do some like invert the floor stuff where they play through Walker at the top of the key that pulled Kalkbrenner away. But Indiana's got Thompson and TJD, mm-hmm. so like there's still always going to be a guy lurking around the rim. Whoever's guarding Breidenbach or Jawan Gary can kind of camp out there probably. Uh, I, I like the way they invert though because Greasel can post up smaller guards. Uh, if you put him against Xavier Johnson in the post or something, I think he can score. The the big question is still Hood Shafino for me because Xavier Johnson went completely rogue insanity mm-hmm. last game without him out there as a secondary creator. Woodson had some quotes that uh he's we gotta make sure he's not just going off on a tirade doing the things he shouldn't do. He said that about Johnson, <laughs> which is like it, the on-off numbers last year for Johnson when there wasn't a secondary ball handler were terrible. And so now that they don't have Hood Shafino as that supplementary guy, or potentially don't. That that makes me nervous. So I'm I'm big leaning towards Nebraska, and I might add it if Hood Shafino is out. I'll be monitoring that very closely. All right, next up on the outline. Last before we go back to chat mob, Towson headed on the road to Clemson. Uh, kind of a surprising non-conference matchup here after Clemson has been playing ACC and ACC Big Ten Challenge. A couple of really tough games. Kai, they just smoked Wake Forest, but shot quality graded that as a Wake Forest win by like six, which was a bitter pill for me to swallow as a, a demon deacon back backer. Yeah. What do you, what do you think here? Can Towson hang with uh, now seemingly healthy PJ hall inside the 20 point win, six point loss shot qualities. Funny to me. Yep. Uh, yeah. Tiger battle here. Hey, how fun mascots. Yeah. Uh, when I saw first saw the line at seven and a half, it's down to seven. Now I was going to jump on Towson, but Towson hasn't been great playing top tier teams. They haven't played anybody in the top one sixty this year. They have that loss to Fairfield and last year. They lost to Pitt, San Francisco, and Ohio State, though they did sort of keep each close. They might have covered all three. Clemson is just a tough place to play, Matt, and we saw them beat Penn State. Jim mentioned they decimated Wake. They're a good team, and P.J. Hall is ascending back to his uh, his all-ACC form, we'll say. Pat Scary, we know what, we do, what he does. He attacks the glass. He attacks the foul line. Clemson's relatively strong on the glass, but they do foul. Towson can see a lot of free-throw trips tonight. The line's kind of where I'm, I'm split. On, on either side here. I suppose I lean a little towards Towson, but hard to trust against Clemson home court. 
Yeah, PJ Hall, 20 or sorry, 43 points in 46 minutes last two games, both of which he started and had his yeah. highest workload of the year. Um, I, I don't think he'll be 100% like all year, to be honest, but it's something to monitor. He clearly looks like he's pretty effective. And last season, he was worth like seven points or something. So um, I would lean Clemson, Jim. I, I don't know if I trust Towson at this point in the season. It's a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. I think they're missing the services of Jason Gibson, who's a pretty key part of that rotation. Um, on top of the fact that we mentioned how they lost, um, who's their point guard? I'm blanking last year, from last uh, year. Oh, from last year. Nolan. Yeah, no, I think if they had Nolan back from last year still and they had Gibson this year, they'd look a lot better, but that's a thin rotation right now. There's a chance Gibson plays reading some of the scary quotes, Pat scary, not scary, terrifying uh, Pat scary <laughs> quotes. The tea leaves kind of were like, like a week and a half ago. It was like, he wants to play, but we want to make sure he's all the way back. Maybe that means he's all the way back now. I mean, that's 10 days extra rest. He's very important because he adds another shooter, complements the spacing on the floor, opens it up for Cam Holden to slash and kick out to Timberlake and Gibson. So I'm hoping he's back. I liked Towson and took the seven and a half here. As Kai thought about doing, I ended up backing it. Uh, I I just think they can compete inside. Weirdly, I think they might actually win the battle on the glass despite how good PJ Hall is. Uh, it, uh, that's kind of a common Pat Scary Towson thing is they dominate the boards and Sekou Sila while undersized is just a brute that guy uh, is a monster D2 transfer there so I'm leaning Towson at seven um, I know it's only a half point away from seven and a half but that was technically my strike price so it, it's up to you if you want to take seven I, I only only wanted the seven and a half all right Matthew back to you for chat mob section part two before we get into best bets uh, let's hit Jules's question about Cleveland State. We talked about that. They're playing at St. Bonaventure. One of these weird spots where you have a team that starts off 2-0 in conference and they go and play a, a tough, odd travel, non-con game. I don't know. I'm not looking to back Cleveland State here. I thought the line was very high. Uh, what is it, 7-8 right now for a St. Bonnie team that doesn't um, at least figure to play well as a favorite? Thoughts, Kai? Is that what it is? Wow. Uh, the Bonnies yeah, are really good at home. They've been they dominating teams at home this year. And I wouldn't I, want to fade them, but Cleveland State's been a lot better than I expected this year. This year, I agree. Iowa State light, kind of like the under a little bit too. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that too, especially if they uh, feature that matchup zone um, bond at least. Uh, Don play, D O N P, whatever. Jim, would you take Denver plus six and a half against Sacramento? Also asking Man, about the over in this game. That's really getting up there, six and a half. It is. Uh, it was much lower. This is a revenge game for Denver this season, like in-season revenge. Sacramento State won at Denver. I believe when you said it's their only loss, right? Pioneers. The only loss. Denver is an eight and one, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's rather impressive. I would probably lean towards Denver at that number, getting almost a touchdown. But this is one of my best bets. I'll reveal it because Matt hates holstering them. I do. Under. Uh, I'm not. Let me, let me double check ah. the current number. It's been bet way down, like unsurprisingly. Uh, but it was one thirty-four and a half pre-show. It is still, I uh, think. Good. The, the Bet Rivers scroll. It's, it's terrible. Have. No, it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love them. Thank you so much for making sure I find the game every time. Uh, Control F should be a lot easier. 134 and a half under for me. That is one of my two best bets. Mm-hmm. I think the second meeting and as slow as Sac State wants to play, uh, we'll see kind of a grind out game there. Uh, yeah, I'm still hosting this section. Kai, Harry R., Detroit, Tulsa. Um, yes. Detroit, Mercy. Just too many injury roster weirdness right now. I just a team. I'm basically putting on ice until conference play. Yes. Jaden stone and AJ Oliver should probably play uh, today. Jaden stone's really important. AJ Oliver is less important now that Gerald Liddell is back for Detroit. I do lean towards Detroit, 
but the number feels about right. Wasn't Phillips out last game too? Phillips Detroit like last. needs well. they need yes. Phillips and Liddell. They have no hope inside without those two. I don't like Parks I'm, doesn't play more. Liddell plays. I'm pretty hard with you, Matt. Where uh, I think they just kind of they're not worried about a road game at Tulsa in early December. Right. They're kind of just going to play similar to the Cleveland state angle, perhaps same conference going and playing this weird non-con spot. It's sandwiched between conference start and actual conference start in January. Anyway, uh, next game, another weird game on the schedule, Jim, Maddie acres, Hawaii, my bows coming to your old neck of the woods playing UNLV. Who's been my squad all year, by the way, I kind of like the Rebs, but as a favorite, I stayed away. Yeah, I like the Rebs too. I know it's not technically at Thomas and Mac. It's down in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center, but that's like 15, 20 minutes from where UNLV is. Maybe there's not the familiar with the baskets, but that's brutal travel for Hawaii. Going to Vegas, you know, those kids are going nuts. I I don't believe that, but I do lean the Rebels. I I think they're really, uh, they were undervalued to start the year. I think they might still be a tad now, even though Cottrell is still out. I I still like the Rebs. And uh, hey, tough travel for UNLV. Traffic, you know, Jim, you used to... Be part of that Get turn. down there early. Get down there early. Uh, traffic jokes. Kai, Boston versus Notre Dame. I talked about it at the onset of the show. Notre Dame, one of those teams I'm looking to fade laying double digits. Our King Russ asking about BU. Thoughts? I don't trust BU because I've been on them several times. And I know. Really, Should be better. Really hard team to trust, man. Incredibly hard team to trust. So Should be better. This could easily be a blowout. Horrific games in their MTE. Yeah. Yeah, I don't horrible. think they're that talented this year. Um, staying away. Uh, Jim, Mr. Abramowitz, Ryan asking about two Ryder Stonehill and Nichols versus Texas Tech. I have zero opinion on Ryder Stonehill other than I think the line's probably a little too low. And Nichols, Texas Tech. I don't like Texas Tech that much. So Yeah, I wanted fade. to back Stonehill because I they're healthier now. They got uh, a couple guys that had missed like a game or two. I think Josh Mack and then Sims, the, the stud lefty. They got those guys back healthy. But then the number was too low for me to take Stonehill. And then Nichols also leaned their way, but I fear home Texas Tech. I, that that team just kind of crockpots teams in that in that environment. So I stayed away. Hi, Matt B. Asking about Western Carolina versus Davidson. Um, 15 and a half felt like a big, big number. But then I looked at Western Carolina's recent results, like kind of been horrible. Um, they, they've been terrible. Like, I don't understand the worst it. teams in the country, bad. 15 like, and a half is huge. It's huge. huge. I lean towards Western Carolina on the number. Yeah. This right. is the like in state. Hopefully, this is a game they get up for. But I mean, I guess their efforts for Asheville weren't that great. Also, in state. Yeah. Talent pound for pound. Like the gap isn't that big between these two teams. Like it just isn't. But one's a strong program with it's a cohesive unit, and the other looks like, a, you know, a rec team right now, I suppose. Um, that's all I have. Did I miss any that came in late? Oh, Northern Kentucky, Washington State, the Wazoos, as I've once called them. From Ryan and I was leaning that way. Um, Washington State smacked Detroit in a weird spot earlier this year. Another example of a Horizon team playing a non-conference game after conference game, like like weird travel, like, weird travel, right? Yeah, going like a pack Northwest. I don't get it either. But Washington State without Jay Mullins is an auto stay away for me. So no action. All that said, yeah, they they lost to that Utah game. It was supposed to be a twenty-two point shot quality one. Apparently, I missed a ton of threes. I don't know. I'm not sure I buy it when they were missing their best shooter. Yeah, you know, he certainly matters. Uh, Ray Reyes at the Horn, Old Dominion versus Bill and Mary, my tribe. Uh, I like the tribe, and I back them at a better number. I'm sorry, I'm really sharp. Plus 10, it's down to 9, Kai. Would you endorse it at the current price? No, I would not. But I, I wouldn't either. Way. Old Dominion's good, well coached. Uh, and they just yeah, got Jason Wade back, by the really way. Really close schools. They're very little travel. 
Yeah, someone mentioned Letdown because they just beat Richmond. William and Mary did. Yeah, maybe. It's still a rival, like local-ish. So it should be. I lied one more because we have to talk about Eastern Michigan. What a joke that team is. Illinois State, Eastern Michigan from Cody K at the buzzer again. Um, I can't underscore how horrid and how non-existent Eastern Michigan's defense was against Florida Atlantic. And I know Florida Atlantic's awesome, but like just zero pride. Down 30 and Florida Atlantic's going to 100, trying to run it up, and Eastern Michigan had no interest in stopping them. Like really, really tough stuff. This is the direction the two teams are going in. Illinois State yeah. playing a lot better, starting to look pretty solid. Like maybe we hope they could preseason. And I, I still like the roster and Eastern Michigan, just Garbaggio. Why do they care about this game? I think they'll just get some shots up and not play defense again. Yeah, well, that's what they do every game. So if they do that to the nth degree in this one, look out. Maybe I'll bet the over there. I should start betting Eastern Michigan overs. All right, that's all we got. Chat mob round two concludes. Kai, best bet. Best bet is Siena plus six against Georgetown. We're fading Georgetown again. They've lost to American. They've lost South Carolina at home. They needed overtime to beat Coppin State. They aren't well coached, and they blow leads late. That's why I like Siena, who has wins over Florida State and Seton Hall. They have a star, McCollum, at point guard. Keeps them in games. They have a stud big in Jackson Stormo to compete in the paint. They're much better coached. It seems short. I would never lay this if Patrick Ewing was not on the side, or, or take this, rather, if Patrick Ewing was not on the sidelines Georgetown, but he is. So we're going Siena plus six. Uh, my best bet. I'm shocked this line has not come down. Um, but I guess Northridge has been faded a few times. Spoiler. That's my best bet. Cal state Northridge, the matadors, the fighting Trent Johnson's. And that's what they do, Jim. They fight. Do they execute well on offense? Not really. Do they make free throws and make shots? Nope. No. But they grind it out and they muck it up. And against Fresno's Fresno state shouldn't beat Mississippi Valley state by 14 points, let alone this fairly competent team. I thought the line was insane. Um, but who knows? Maybe Fresno got better last game with the reinsertion of Isaiah Hill. I'm sure I'll find out tonight, but until that time, I will be backing the fighting mat- matadors. Yeah, I was Fresno's played a gauntlet, actually. They've played no yeah. one worse than 119th in Ken Palm outside of a non D1, and winning at Irvine by 14 was like, whoa, okay, hello. Uh, but Matt, I've, I've been on CSUN like all season, would definitely lean their way again. Uh, my best bet to reiterate the first one was Denver Sacramento State under 134 and a half. Another one sticking with an under Ball State and Eastern Illinois. I think these are both repeat appearers in my under best bets. I just think Mike Lewis, the, the coach for Ball State, has been kind of slow down off the Cronin tree, played for Bobby Knight, half court motion kind of guy. Now they're playing against Eastern Illinois, who also wants to execute full half court motion with Marty Simmons. I think this kind of like builds on itself, slow, 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 half-court grind fest. Uh, I look back at the EIU-Illinois State game that was 62 possessions, had 103 points. I'm hoping for something gruesome like that tonight between these two. So under 137 there for Eastern Illinois and Ball State. That wraps it up. That's all our best bets. That's all our chat mob. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are back with the show tomorrow. Super limited slate. So I think maybe we'll chat mob a little bit of early takes on Friday games. If these two fellows are okay with it, there's only like 15 games combined between the two days, uh, but we'll be back. We'll talk through uh, the big games of the day, have a couple best bets and then look forward to Saturday. So enjoy your Wednesdays. We'll see you tomorrow.